talk yesterday at the end of Nick Allen's. I said I was going to put one out every day for eight days. Um, and the person today, we only did half the episode. And we're going to do the other half uh, the next time she has a depressive episode because we did the first half in her mania phase of bipolar. So because of that, we didn't, uh, Alan came over and we're just doing an impromptu talk. We don't really have any uh, setup ish, my dude. No. What you been up to? Well, you know, other than work. So, uh, you know, actually, one thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, uh, Kratom. Yeah, man. I wanted to know more about your Kratom use and your uh, and your perspective on it after, you know, your journey with it, more or less. Yeah. One, uh, one, one thing I kind of am curious about is, do you think it affects me and you differently because of our genetic backgrounds? Like, people from the Middle East, I think tobacco maybe affects them differently because it's so ingrained in their society that it's like... I don't know. I think different drugs affect people of different cultures differently. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I didn't think about that. <clears throat> that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty uh, decent uh, standpoint. I mean, I've never looked at it like that. But yet again, you look at other genetic things like, um, you know, lactose. We've had the conversation about lactose before and how some cultures are tolerant or versus intolerant. And so if you have, you know, more or less, if your um, culture's ingrained with something, sure, you might have a different effect on you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. never thought about that. Anywho, your car just broke down today, man. Yeah. Money, money, money troubles fucking suck, don't they? Yeah, they do. God, you know, I mean, that's what it, that's what happens when you're a poor college student, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what are you learning, man? What are you, what are you in school for right now? Owls or something? Uh, owls or something. <laughs> I, I do research. I'm researching owls. It's, you know, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's nevertheless, it's fun. I go to school, I study, uh, microbiology and I'm getting really into uh, chemistry as well. So Yeah. I like it. You, what would you, what's the end goal of chemistry? Because when I took chemistry classes, they were the furthest thing from interesting for me. It was just a lot of rote memorization of just like, what? <laughs> you dig it or what? Oh, it's so much memorization. And it's yeah. crazy because it's just theory and theory and theory. It's just mind-blowing. Uh, chemistry is great. The end goal is to just really understand bio biochemistry um, as, a micro, as a microbiology major. Um, the end goal with that is... Oh, uh, to research. To research. Honestly. To For research. What, what kind of fields would you research? Uh, what, would, what would you want to look into to know more? Ooh, I would want to know more so the origins of the earth. Like, uh, more specifically, I'm going into evolutionary theoretical microbiology. Um, cellular biology is a pretty interesting thing to me, so I'd want to go to, like, the deepest, deepest points of this earth, or even the highest points that we have access to. And uh, just, do, you, do you believe any of that, like, Randall Carlson, like ancient aliens kind of stuff like that randall carlson is the man is he <laughs> yes he that's is That's so funny mm -hmm. his act british accents are pretty hit or miss for me mm. um his personally he just seems very self-aggrandizing when i hear him talking i'm like i don't know man he like sounds like really like a certain and then if anyone calls him out he's like i'm just playing around with ideas man and i'm like no that's not fair you can't be that certain and then not be able to like let other people in your field call you out i, I haven't been convinced but i do believe humans could have been here for a long ass time you know yeah well actually um i was reading about something i was reading something on, on like uh you know our timeline uh you know like uh humans we don't i mean we have fossils uh they just picked up a fossil from 3.8 million years ago that's split between an ape and a human basically so i believe in sasquatch but that's a whole nother thing but with humans uh you know we 
you know, just we, gloss over that. I believe in Sasquatch. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to sound too crazy, uh, but nevertheless, you know, it's there's this idea that humans, um, you know, we were once from a different planet. Uh, we actually came to Earth, and when our planet had disintegrated, but that's just that's some idea of some crazies. What's the name of that? Panspermia or something? I don't like know. an asteroid brought genetics here originally, oh. but then where would it have brought it from? Like some asteroid containing like a microbe or something? Oh, well, okay, so yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. Uh, that I'm not exactly sure. That's my that's my hypothesis. But uh, but then where would that asteroid have picked up the DNA from or whatever? I don't think here? that. I think that. Well, okay, so a couple of things. One, I think that maybe from just somewhere deep in, in the outer space. Uh, but there's a scientist who actually ran an experiment using uh, mimicking a tide pool and uh, basically using uh, scrapes of uh, meteor meteoritic dust. And uh, he used egg white and uh, the, the, the hydrocarbons from the meteorite, and he created lipids. Literally, he, re he recreated a lipid. And so then the idea of like the first cell came from well this is what the scientist you know hypothesizes well it came from a meteorite and uh basically a cesspool but what does that even mean we're a meteorite technically if you yeah. weren't like on earth stardust stardust right yeah. so like like why would stardust from some other place in the galaxy be any different from the stardust here you know because maybe the stardust has the perfect ingredients just like you know when you're making your spaghetti you want the perfect ingredients ah, i can see that so yeah. what this kind of gets down to is silent science as a religion and i've been the way i had it pitched to me partially by it's always sunny in philadelphia was science is just as much of a religion as all other religions where people tell you oh well like you can pour through the for the fossil records and like you can actually like go and you know like don't you trust the scientists but i'm like you haven't personally read those tombs of knowledge. You're taking on faith that they actually did the research and they're telling the truth, you know? I absolutely agree with you. And I think that um, as any aspiring scientist, um, I wish to convey this message to everyone that if you are really interested, don't take it on just faith. Really study it. That's why, that's why I'm into research. You know, that's exactly why I'm into research because yeah, these people might have said these things. There's might have been books written about these. They might have been these famous scientists. But really, do you know? No. So that's why you go out and you experience. It. I did. Grant grant money aside, what would you be spending your time on, like researching? Oh, grant money aside. Like I mean, there's so many things. Like how does lithium actually work? Oh, lithium is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just an element that happens to stabilize mood. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about is because I've been drinking sole water, which is more or less just salt water with like either either from salt or from the sea, like sea salt water mm -hmm. or uh, pink Himalayan salt. And I'm pretty sure it has really trace amounts of lithium in it. I'm like, I wonder if that's enough to affect you or if it's, you know, mm. I don't know. Have you, I mean, well, you say that, I mean, you've been doing, you've been taking that, um, uh, that pink salt for a while. I, mean, I like do you, it. Do you notice other than like your water retention? Do you water notice? retention. Um, yeah, I just feel better. Uh, if you look up all the side effects of low sodium, it's so much worse than high sodium. <clears throat> well, I believe it. I mean, I absolutely. I mean, it's it. key. I mean, like literally for all of humanity, we stored our meat and stuff in salt. Like it doesn't make sense that we'd evolve to not be good at retaining salt. We're good at excreting salt. The low sodium diet is in America is it's criminal honestly yeah well i mean you know you're just in cellular biology your sodium and your potassium are running are pretty much everything running cells. they're running the show <laughs> they i know they, they actually did a study kind of thing where they showed if you had six times the fda guideline as uh, it fda whatever uh, no ama 
American Medical Association. Mm -hmm. If you did six times, which is 12 grams of sodium, which is salts like 45% sodium, so 24 grams of sodium, it's a fucking boatload. Your risk of heart disease is less than if you actually eat the guideline amount, which is like two grams. That's insanity, isn't it? Oh, man. So what do you think? Uh, I think, I don't know, man. I think there's a big incentive to have people unhealthy because you can sell them more medical insurance, which is just amazing. I don't know if you wanted me to say conspiracy. Conspiracy? (laughs) I mean, what what, what are your top conspiracies? What are my top conspiracies? Aside from the, the moon. Oh, aside from the moon. Uh, I believe that the moon was real, everyone. Just, uh, just let you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a projection. Uh, uh, top conspiracy. Well, it's like uh, the, uh, we have, I have an idea that uh, the government literally controls everything as we know, but uh, more so controls the, uh, controls the media. It filters out what we, what we can and can't see. Um, so I think that there are... <laughs> Dude, I'm going to sound crazy to your audience. I believe that we are a part of, uh, that we are surrounded by uh, uh, extraterrestrial beings. And I think that our government is hiding it from us. Um, There has been many, many people come forward, uh, coming forward and talking about, you know, their their jobs when they were working um, in Roswell, New Mexico. Are they just watching us though? Like what's, what's the point of us? What's the point of us? Like, if, if we're playing into that as being true, what would be the point of them watching us? Like, like are we like a TV show? Or are they like mining genuine content, mm-hmm. creative like, content from us or what? A TV show like that episode of South Park? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Maybe maybe they stumbled across us and said, whoa, these are interesting. Let's observe them for a while. Let's see how they react. Uh, they are intellectual beings, and this is what they're capable of. As generous <laughs> intellectual beings, or at least not. I don't know, man. That's I mean, int- we got opposable thumbs, dude, and these awesome brains. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I equated that to intelligence with a previous guest, and he's like, it's hard to say that physical capabilities are intelligence. But I'm like, I think things like cuttlefish that can literally alter their physical state, like that's a form of intelligence without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. An octopus? Yeah, I don't know, man. Intelligence is such a strange term, because if I were to think of the most intelligent creatures, it would almost be the ones that are in, like, I think most other creatures are in a flow state the majority of the time. Like, are most other creatures like more or less meditating in terms of they don't think about the future and the past that much? Uh, They're just like living in the present? Or are they like, is, are there just like anxious dolphins in the ocean? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, that's a good question. That's a great question. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, but uh, as far as associating like uh, physical, f- physical characteristics with in, uh, intelligence, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with what you just said. Uh, the the what are they called the the tar the the tardy grads tardy yeah grads. Tar, tar, tardy grads yeah. tardy grades those um, those little like little yeah, bear looking little, things little that microscopic can go in space. bears yeah. yeah yeah those things are fantastic those, I don't know if they're real I've never seen one I've, uh, I've seen about them in magazines and stuff I've never personally seen one through a microscope I've never seen one either so do you really believe they exist they seem pretty absurd they right are you well, taking it on faith I am taking it on faith. Well, because like, uh, you know, apparently they, they hold these characteristics that's very similar to cancer. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not cancerous, but they, you know, the cancer is the coolest, most devastating thing on the world in the planet. In my opinion, it's, it's detrimental, you know, a cell goes rogue. And then before you know it, you have this mass tumor and then it's metastasizes and then it, you know, so on and so forth. But, uh, the cancer, you know, what makes it so, you know, I guess uh, so strong is the fact that it has uh, DNA repairing enzymes. 
So like telomerase, for example, every time your cell splits, uh, it gets repaired by telomerase. Your telomeres whittle away. And, and those are the little caps on the end of DNA those are the caps, strands, right? Those are the caps on the DNA strands, exactly. They, they stay even when a cell turns cancerous? Yeah. Well, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know well, that at all. Yeah, a cell, yeah, a cell, when a cell becomes cancerous, um, when a cell becomes cancerous, it, it just, it's working at the incorrect time so like it's supposed to divide at a certain time it doesn't um, mm. it divides prematurely or too late and so like a bunch of problems will start to appear within the genetic makeup of that cell um, therefore when it finally starts to uh, multiply it's now multiplying incorrectly with uh, with the uh, with broken information broken DNA there's you're getting amino acid sequences that shouldn't be there and it you know it causes a bunch of problems especially when they start becoming rogue uh, but with the with the caps of the telomeres, uh, the the cancer, that's what it's known for. It's telomerase. It literally repairs it. So every time you try killing, mm -hmm. a, uh, every time you try killing a cancer, it can just it can repair itself. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Speaking of cancer, you you have had a decent halfway decent relationship with nicotine for quite a while now. Oh what yeah. Do, what what are your thoughts on? taking something knowing that that's a partial risk factor factor, but not immediately. It's like deep in the future. Oh, I mean, and not as much with snus, but like when you were smoking cigarettes, was it like a conscious decision or was it just like, I hated it. I'll be you honest with you. It. I hated it. I loved it, but I hated it. I loved cigarettes so much that when I was going on my hill sprints, I would smoke a cigarette during my run. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. so funny. Uh, I dated a girl at the time. She hated it. Oh she struggled trying to keep <laughs> you're up. just sleeping with a cigarette lit <laughs> i have done that i did that in fiji quite a few times i did it in france yeah i did it That's so <laughs> funny yeah because you can smoke indoors and so i just pass out with the cigarette in my mouth but you say you hate it what, what was it like if you didn't have a cigarette when you really wanted one i've never because i've never like necessarily gotten that into nicotine addiction i don't know i've never been in that headspace what's it like well dude uh nicotine is a um Nicotine is awesome. Uh, I, it puts you, the headspace that it puts you in is just total rest and digest, but you get the sense of euphoria when you, when you, you know, when you're first starting to smoke people, that's what people normally, you know, they want. That's why they keep smoking. But like after you're smoking for so long, they say it's about develops. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's physiology is different, but like roughly six months is before you gain dependency on the tobacco, on, on the nicotine well, itself. Physical. Yeah. But mentally you can get dependence with oh, like yeah, a yeah, week yeah. or okay, Like a cool. day, you're like, oh my God, I love a day. this day. <laughs> for one cigarette, that's funny. <laughs> These are the greatest, you know. But it's not on the tobacco, it's on the nicotine. Like you can it's switch nicotine. over to a tobacco-less nicotine. That's exactly, that's exactly what I take. Um, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to name drop the companies. Or no, yeah. But like, <laughs> I've always thought about like, if anything, because it's kind of a nootropic, right? Like almost getting on like a patch or something, just putting like a patch on my ass or like my calf or something. Um, <laughs> just because I mean, blade, like there are benefits of nicotine. Yeah. Like it's hard to argue. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so it's, it's so easy to demonize something, but really like everything has benefits. Sure, and everything has its negatives too. Like you know, Absolutely. we need, like we need oxygen, but you know, does oxygen? Do it's what die? slowly kills us. Yeah. Do we die because we're breathing oxygen? And, yeah. You know, it's a weird happening. But to have have to want something so badly but not being able to have it at that moment is it's 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 almost like torture <laughs> well do you notice if you know you don't have it and you know you can't get it you want it less it's almost you want it the most when you know you could have it when you know you could have it it's like that it's that forbidden it's that forbidden want yep. you know uh when you know you can't have it like uh let's say you're out you know camping way far out and you ran out of tobacco 
you're just you just force yourself to stop thinking about it and uh, that's really all you can do or else you know i mean for like you know it, that's honestly that's a really good way to start to start quitting tobacco just getting out of there yeah uh i used to when i quit cigarettes i, I picked up cigarettes uh i think twice in my life i smoked back in high school and uh after i graduated high, literally like the day after i graduated high school uh, my brother was running a bunch and i wanted to join him because he quit cigarettes and so i was like okay well i'll stop smoking cigarettes too um but how i did it was I had to stay home by myself. I couldn't go out. I couldn't see people because it would give me the... Um, that sounds awful. Just be in your room all day? Or oh, like I, love, I love being by myself. Just hanging out playing video games or what? Hanging out, playing video games, uh, reading, watching a movie, watching The X-Files. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, All sorts of things. But I, I, love that. I love that time to be by myself. And normally I don't even have my phone. But separating yourself, separating, your, separating yourself from anything that's going to uh, stimulate, um, that's going to be stimulating the uh, trigger, kind of a trigger, what right? People say typically in a social, in a social setting, you separate yourself from that. It makes it easier because you won't think about smoking. You but know? I mean, if I think of you, you don't strike me as someone at all who has social anxiety in like a party situation. Uh, in a party situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it really depends. Like, you know, you go, yeah, God, I haven't been to a party in so long, but you go to a party and what, you know, you have a bunch of, you're in a room full of strangers who won't really talk to you because they're so confined to their little groups. And so you, you, you walk into a house that's filled with just little posses little clicks and you can't actually connect with them and so you kind of feel like an outsider entirely everyone's been there yeah where you it, go and you're like what yeah and like that's not really that's that's not really a party that's not a gathering and i just i just feel like people have become not everyone a general generalizations are bad but more so this is this has truth that people have more so become so dependent on their you know on their social media and such that their instant gratification within electronic versus face-to-face -face has totally been diminished um all right, maybe I said that a little bit. Maybe I messed. I think you got what I was saying. Yeah, like social social ver validation rather than just like kind of like crowdsourcing your your ego on social media as yeah. opposed to like just in person, yeah. which is so much more meaningful. Seeing someone and speaking to someone for one hour is so much better than getting a bunch of likes or something on oh a post because like it just, it just it just fades. Sending a message to you know to someone you find attractive on instant me <laughs> uh, social media versus actually walking up to him and asking him out you know if you get rejected who cares but uh you know just that's such an interesting thing have you ever been like wanting to maybe it's not even a romantic person but like maybe someone you want to approach for a business venture or something along those lines like someone you're nervous to approach and then you're just sitting there like kind of like like having an internal like like dialogue like do it you know mm -hmm. have you ever been in that situation yes yes i have um it was more so when i was like uh when i was younger uh uh, maybe just fresh out of high school, 18, 19, 20 age, um, really kind of like insecure, but, uh, you know, trying to push myself to actually say something. And I, and I still kind of get that way around, um, some of my professors, to be honest with you, like these, these beautiful gifted minds, I'm, you know, I'm talking with them and all we talk about is school, but like, you know, and if I try going outside of that topic, I like, I, I seize up, yeah. I, I literally, I seize up. It's crazy. <laughs> And you know me, I'm not the type of guy who seizes up in a conversation. Oh, so what do you think of almond milk? Your professor just looks at you. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> uh, no, I get it. I mean, they're just getting paid there to technically do their job. It's like, it's so funny. You're just at the front of a line. You're like, hey, so what are you doing this week? And there's like a line of like 30 other people waiting <laughs> to get their shit answered. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, the nice thing about my professors, um, you know, they're, they're older. You know, they're older gals. Um, I say gals because that's 
Your type. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, on air now. Uh, no, but speaking of relationships, you have always been, up until recently, I guess we kind of had, I kind of got more on the same page, but I'm, I'm very mono, or what's it called? Uh, monogamous. monogamous. And you're more open to thinking that polyamorous relationships are possible with a huppy. Well, okay. <laughs> I think that it just depends on the couple. It depends on the relationship. I feel like if you if you and your partner want to support a monogamous relationship, hey, by all means. If you and your partner want to uh, want to play out a, a polyamorous relationship, by all means. But don't lie to yourself that you only want to do a polyamorous because your partner wants to do it. You know, you gotta. Oh my gotta god, be that'd happy. be a horrible situation. Yeah, and. It, you know, unfortunately it happens. Some people don't have strong enough backbones or they're scared to be alone, this or that. And so they, they keep with it, I guess. Have you ever been in that situation? Have I ever been in that situation? Um, I guess, I guess with maybe one of your past relationships, not that in polyamorous, but kind of in a, in a situation where you're almost just like, you just need to tell yourself like, you're still fucking handsome. You can go find someone in a day, you know, but then you're, you're talking, talking about, few, you're talking about a few years back. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. You are right. Um, but I also got hit really hard with poison oak. I get like deadly, I get like what deadly. I have a deadly allergen to poison oak. It's the most insane thing. Jim and Jim and Sylvia, good friends of mine. Um, uh, you know, Sylvia, she was AMA. Jim is an, also a physician, blah, blah, blah. And so I work with Jim out inside the, on their property, out in the field, out in the forest. And, uh, one year I was working with Jim and I got hit by poison oak and, uh, you know, so afterwards Jim, you know, I showed Jim and they're like, that's, you know, Jim and Sylvia, like, that's the worst I've, we've ever seen poison oak. And so, your balls. <laughs> oh, dude, Only it there. was everywhere. Really? Oh, so, dude, oh my Brutal. God, it was so bad. Um, I look like, uh, <laughs> I look like crusty crab to be honest with you. I was like bright, bright reddish pink. Oh man, it was awful. But, uh, Jim tells me, <laughs> he said that I have to wear a shirt. And when I work around him, he says, you're the only person I know who can actually die from poison oak. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, man, I've actually never gotten in poison oak. I'm pretty sure, isn't it one of those allergic reactions where the first time you touch it, it won't mess with you. And then if you touch it, but then your body builds false antibodies or something. And then the next time you touch it, it fucks with you. Ah, you know, I don't know. But, uh, well, isn't that... Uh, well, like, what is it? Epigenetics. Once you come in contact with something, it changes your genetic makeup, um, right. whether it be Even synthetic for your or... kids and stuff, too. I'm right. pretty sure yeah, epigenetics absolutely. is like a long... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, change, it changes your, your code. So, like, if you come across, if you come across some sort of, like, um, I guess poisonous resin and you don't react maybe maybe next time what you're saying that that will happen is you will epigenetics react. would bring it all the way back to different people of different cultures relating to drugs differently Ex though yeah 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 like exactly. i've had people in thailand experience kratom entirely differently than we do yeah you know yeah yeah that's right we were listening we we're listening to that podcast and they were um you know i haven't studied it outside of uh, other countries more or less um but yeah yeah exactly um with like uh a bee sting, right? You might not be allergic to bees, but you know, I, are you allergic to bees? I'm not sure I'm allergic to anything. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that I, I know of. I, I hope not. That... Fingers crossed. I've never touched yes. a peanut though. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out of fear. <laughs> well, like I've never been allergic. I've never had reactions to, uh, to bee to bee stings. Um, but one year I was working out, uh, doing my job and there was a bunch of bees and I got hit a couple of times, but I actually had an allergic reaction and I was surprised. And so my doctor, uh, she explained, she was like, well, sometimes, you know, people, they'll get primed basically. So like maybe touch yeah, poison oak for the first time. 
Yeah. And then the second time it messes with you. That's right. what I was saying. So I'm like, maybe I've been exposed to it once, but it was that first time. But not everyone's allergic to poison oak is my understanding of it. No, I know some people who can literally roll around in the in poison oak and just be okay. I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> just roll around <laughs> and just chase you around. Yeah, I'm going to tackle you out. That'd be the worst. Oh, God, no. Well, um, well it's got to be especially tough if you have dogs. Because then if you go on any hike, like especially like oh, tell Spencer's, me you just got to be worried. You're like, yeah. please don't go out into the woods. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, Well, you know, I, I, have, I have my little baby, Xena. Zena's a, a beautiful little border collie. She's a runt. Um, I take her out to do research with me. Uh, we stopped researching because it's the, the deer population in Oregon, uh, more particular, and uh, the LCC area of Eugene, Oregon, has gotten bad with deer. And so, if you're a hungry predator, where would you hang out? You know, you'd hang out where all KFC. The, the food. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the, the KFC is a bunch of deer, and so we had to cut it. So point being is, I would always take Zena up there for that reason because I knew that she will spot out one of those uh something around us yeah she usually does smell it she will smell something will happen right but uh poison oak everywhere i had to oh Mm. my god and ticks you know we don't we don't have nasty nasty things we'd like uh you know other places in the united states has but uh i would have to wash her down with uh, dawn dish soap really scrub her down to make sure all the resin comes off because i don't want her to no one wants to do that. You know what I heard? I heard that all those photos of like dawn where they wash off like the, the uh, pelicans and stuff, mm-hmm. like the bird still dies if it's gotten exposed to that much oil. Oh, sure. I believe it. God. I'm like, that's messed up that they just I use it for it. PR campaigns. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it serves its purpose. It's because, you know, so our soil uh, oils are broken down by several things and uh, soap is one of them. Right. Yeah, learning about soap confused me. You're 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 in a very sciencey headspace, and I, I respect science, but I'm not science religious either. I'm not sure what I, I'm still forming my beliefs. You know, sure. I think I think it's important to not imprint, like give give people the option of believing different things, but you can't for. I don't know. Let's let's get kind of into this. T- tomorrow's guest is someone coming on to um, argue for climate change and socialism, along with a couple other things, really cool things like uh, communal living and stuff, but. Along those lines, honestly, I'm, I'm sure anyone, a lot of people have turned it off by now, but I, after being called bigoted once, yeah, um, after being called bigoted on an episode that's going to be on, that's on Patreon, I've just been really lazy about putting on, it was with Thomas here after the one hour show, I looked into it, I'm like, well, what does that word even really mean? Because pedantics are important if you get into it, and being a bigot means you have, uh, you're intolerant of the views and beliefs of others, and I'm like, okay, well, who who do I know that is least tolerant of someone else having a different opinion? And I'm like, honest to God, people on the left are less tolerant. And like, yeah, like from their point of view, I totally get it. And people on the right are bigoted too. I think extreme, either left or right, are equally bigoted people. They're just intolerant of anyone having a view that's anything except their own. That's yeah. what's toxic to us right now. Very toxic. Uh, team, it's uh, it's a whole bandwagon game. Team um, mentality. Team mentality. Like having uh, teams. Teams are great, sure, but when they're when they're preaching a negative, you know, when they're preaching negativity, then it becomes horrible. Um, it, you know, like you said, yeah, both sides. Every uh, so many people have have these traits, and uh, it's unfortunate. Have you been stuck in a team? 
have I been stuck on a team? No, I skateboarded all my life. No, not all my life. I think since, I don't know, since I was like a sixth grader, so what, like 10 years old, all the way up until 23 years old. And I skated. I didn't do team. I didn't play team sports. No, that's a lie. Uh, fifth grade. No, that's oh, a lie. Oh. I mean, I mean, there's other teams too. Like if you're a liberal or a Democrat, like, or I mean, whatever side yeah, you're yeah, on, sure. like that's a team. Or if you like Sh- the docs, you're, you know. Sure, right. I've never, I've never cared for Oregon. Uh, never you never really for... defined yourself in any way though. Which I'm for. I'm like I've never heard you say I am this, this, and this. You're just a person. I am a person. You're I like a person it, too. I'm a person. Mm-hmm. I'm just a people person. I like people. <laughs> I like people. I like people who define themselves first and foremost as people. Uh, you asked me like if I've ever been on a team. The reason why I was telling you about the whole skateboarding thing is because I believed for a long time that you know uh, you 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 want to get good at something. You really have to you it's good to have examples, but really, you know, teach yourself and teach how, understand how you occupy or how you, uh, can maintain yourself in whatever situation, um, teams. Um, I wouldn't say like a political for politically speaking. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I was more on the left side, yep. but, uh, as I got older, yeah, as I got, as I've gotten older and studied history, study military, uh, politics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, hmm. Uh, my my views have changed and I'm proud to be an American, but uh, I'm proud to be in the center <laughs> I don't know. I mean really there needs to be a third party That's just like centrist which is just like whoa Like let's take the both the best of the right and the left because the right and the left both have really good points Yeah, exactly. It's just they take it too far. Yeah, where I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, yeah, okay I get it, but chill. You yeah, know, we're not gonna overhaul the system and no the system can't stay the exact same No it's like, no, things need to change, but like people it's a change. progressive thing. Hey, people change, man. People and change. technology is evolving us so fast that it has to keep up yeah. in some way or another. Like yeah. just the fact that like, I don't know, everyone just always brings up second amendment. I'm like, that wasn't even, we didn't have 40 magazine guns when they wrote the second amendment that, you know, 40 round clips, 40, like, right. Like that's ridiculous. And just I mean, having... well, there was actually, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, there were, uh, there were big guns like that. The Gatling gun, um, the Gatling gun was, I think that the Gatling gun came around a little bit past in, uh, uh, early 1800s, but I, I might when be mistaken. When was the declaration written? Wait, the, declaration, that, that's not what I'm thinking of. What am I thinking of? The Constitution? Yeah, when was that written? Uh, 17. Yeah, 1770. There's no way they had Gatling guns in the 1700s. I don't know exactly, but I know that shortly it was I'll either it within that time. Right Please do, yeah. Uh, I think it was in the early, I think it was in the early 1800s, but, uh, what did you, did you find? Mm -mm. Here we go. Yeah, please, please. Invention date. Gatling gun was invented, uh, well, the pictures are black and white, so it's at least from quite a while ago. 1862. Okay, so mid 1800s. Yeah. So roughly 90-ish years, um, after we claimed independence. And it was written in 1787. So it was written 20 years after. So yeah, holy cow. There were, but no one's running around doing mass shooting. When was the mass shooting? It couldn't have been that long ago. No, there was one. Um, uh, there was one after uh, uh, Texas and the other uh, and the other place. I think there was one right after. No, I that. was meaning. I was meaning like in 1800s. Oh, there was 1800s? no There was no mass shootings with like Gatling guns and stuff. Like when they no, wrote no, the Second Amendment. The, yeah, there I was. Get, but the whole the whole point of, to bring it back is like I get the right side of like, yeah. If you let your if you let your government take your guns, like that's how a bunch of really bad horrible regimes start. But on the other hand, like 
a bunch of mentally ill people are shooting up places almost every day. Yeah, but you can get drugs, dude. Drugs aren't, and you make, you, you know. You're not going to kill someone else with drugs, though. No, but the point is, is you make it illegal. If someone wants to get it, they will get their hands on it. Ah, and good point. It, you know what? It's, so it's like, what, you're going to, you're, you disarming citizens, uh, our rights should, shall not be infringed, um, shall not be infringed. So you go ahead and let's just say that the government succeeds and they, um, and they ban all AR government types. succeeds. I don't think the government's pushing for that. Are they? Well, the upcoming, the presidential hopefuls or the, the left wing, let's just say the radical left is pushing uh, for that. the <laughs> yeah. radical left pushing for that not not many no one in government right now is pushing for guns to be taken away are they uh there's some or there's all like guns banned they're just pushing for regulation which is entirely regulation yeah 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 oh absolutely regulation sure i'm on board with that but not a buyback because for starters they call them an ar type like an assault rifle type no it's uh, that's not ar-15 it's Armalite, it's ugh. but anywho. Uh, so like, uh, what what the heck did you say just a j- just a moment ago? I said everyone in the center is dumbass. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm like, you know, like it, what what it, what it really all breaks down to is everyone picks a team, and then the team becomes an echo chamber where their views can just get paralyzed, like like more and more elevated like oh you think we should just like they should just like have regulations well i think we should buy back guns you think we should buy back guns i think we should ban them yeah and then it's just like a who can be more yeah, right or left right wing. oh yeah that's what i was saying like uh, even if you ban them and you have successful you successfully have a buyback uh what so then now some now some people who are uh, metal fabs they can go ahead and create it or you can get it shipped in from out of they say you can even 3d print them now but i don't even know how that makes sense a plastic gun yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not so familiar with 3D printing. Um, I'm not. But also another thing to consider is like, most, <sighs> most of the military, uh, most of the ex-military and such. Do you think that they are going to be, you know, supporting a buyback? Do you think that the, uh, the, not well, the succeeded states? Um, well, I mean, Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong just won their protest. It was like 11 or 12 weeks, and their government just finally gave in and said, "Jesus, okay, we'll get rid of the extradition law." Can you um can, uh, can you uh, explain that? Can you go in a little bit detail for me? Yeah. So I don't know if I've explained it on the show. Hopefully, I haven't. And if I have, listeners, sorry. Um, so China doesn't own Hong Kong. Britain owned Hong Kong. And then they said, all right, we're done owning you, but you'll slowly transition back to being owned by China by 2050. Someone committed a crime and then they fled to Hong Kong and then China said, oh, this is a good opportunity to speed up that whole process. We'll now make it legal to extradite people from Hong Kong to China. And then everyone in Hong Kong is like, well, you guys have a lot stricter laws in terms of if I make fun of, I don't even know how to say his name, Zhao Zhengping or something along those lines, uh, on the internet, that's, you pretty much be, you get disappeared by the government. So I'm like, well, and then they're saying, okay, well, if you can now extradite me for what I say on the internet, which is legal in, in Hong Kong, but illegal in China, we don't want that because then we are essentially governed by you guys. And then so a crazy number of people, mm-hmm. I believe the statistic I read was around 40% of the population there. We're just protesting out in the streets, and then the government just sent in Chinese uh, military militarized police forces to tear gas them, and they put like UV uh, dust on them so that they could catch them at the train stations and stuff. Anyone protesting, oh, just messed up stuff. Like if a large, large, large percent of the population is is uh, demanding five really simple demands, it's pretty much just like let all the protesters that you got in, in jail free. Uh, we don't want the extradition law. And a couple of, I don't remember the other three. Mm-hmm. Those were the two big where I'm like, yeah, those are reasonable. And mm-hmm. the other three were like a lot less important kind of things. Um, 
I mean, I mean, you should just give in. Like, the government's got to at some point actually be for the people, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's that's what it means to be um, an American. I, well, that's what it means to be a person, man. And that's why I, I listened it's, to that it. That is what it means to be a person. That's what it means to be a person. I listened to... I can't even say it on there. I'm not even going to say it. Um, but I understand where right-wing politics are coming from when they're doing bad tariff deals and stuff because it hurt China at a place where China was already had a lot on its hands with uh, with the whole Hong Kong thing. And then one of the right-wing leaders said, if things don't end peacefully with Hong Kong, uh, I'm going to make the trade deals a lot worse with you. I'm like, cool, that's awesome to, to use your power to kind of like put China in an arm Check. hold mm-hmm. um, to, to make sure things end peacefully. And they just ended peacefully. I'm pretty sure I read it on Reddit yesterday. I yeah. read it on Reddit. Uh, you you no. read it on Reddit. Um, That'd be fun to have a, pl- a podcast platform called Listened It or something along the lines. Of, I mean, heard it, heard it. I heard it, you know, instead of I read it on Reddit, I heard it on heard it. That would be, no one steal that. Please, no one steal that. Um, I'll have someone code that eventually. <laughs> Your lawyer's on standby, Tiger. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, if, if you listen to this, uh, just like with Brian's podcast, if you listen to this, you're legally bound to not turn that into an idea and take it. Or I own 10% of it. Bada bang. It's that easy. Um but yeah, so the person I'm going to talk to tomorrow with his socialist and climate radical ch- climate change uh, views is going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to give in, but I'm also not going to like, you know, just stonewall. No, I just want to have a meaningful conversation. Hey, what's this guy's What's this guy's uh, credentials? His credentials? He's a human being who's listened, <laughs> lived in the world in red. I don't know. I mean, man. where did he go to school? Where did Where did uh, Where did he went work? up in Wall? He's my He's my age. He's like chill. Um, he's not like a professor or anything. Oh, okay. But it'd be like being like, "What are your credentials?" You're like, "I don't know, man. I know stuff. <laughs> I'm hanging out and learning." I mean, well, I mean, you know, I don't, know. I don't believe in credentials too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's like, well, some, some, some individuals will have some things to say and others will have other things to say. And it's like, oh, where did you study? It's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, it's known, it's known for this or that. So, but beyond that, yeah, climate change is uh, kind of a funny thing. <laughs> it's it. kind of a funny thing. I mean, you know, the amount of, the amount of work that we could do to the world in a hundred years. Yeah, sure. It's, you know, it's bad, but then like, you know, what's going to happen moment, um, Yellowstone erupts. <laughs> wow. Good point. I haven't actually even thought about it. Yeah. Though, like... Oh, absolutely. Like the damage that we do, like, yeah, okay, cool. We're doing some stuff, but actually in retrospect to the history of the world, we're not doing anything in the history. Like, yeah, I, I recently I read that, uh, our carbon, our carbon, um, was our CO2 emissions were high but guess what plants love co2 uh you, you know uh, but like there's there's a few things that go with like deforestation and whatnot and forest fires forest fires are great when they're caused by lightning <laughs> or, <laughs> or when know, they're not human. uh whatever diminished like held back from happening for like a hundred years yeah and exactly they happen, they're really bad. It, it's like well yeah no they have forest fires are so crucial um it replenishes it rejuvenates the world um it re, it replenishes the the forest floor all the ash is filled with nutrients that that these uh, microorganisms can utilize these so that's plants. one side of it the other side of it is you know that whole amazon burning thing like it was burning a lot more than it should have been so there's different, and the government was lighting it on fire. So it's like, well, there's a That's lot of... That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Like, yes, natural firefighter, forest fires that happen, like, on schedule with nature. Like, those are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these... They were burning it they're burning it to make room for cattle and palm farms oh my god that's... see that's where it gets mm. to a dangerous place where i'm like yeah that does need to stop yeah oh and man 
I don't know. Uh, it, it just gets to an interesting that place where the... fucking breaks my heart, dude. I know it's true, and we've all known this, but just still, like, hearing it again. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I've stopped getting so emotionally attached to it, because I'm, like, me feeling grief or anxiety based on mm. something like that that I'm not actually making. If I'm not going to actually make events that stop it from happening, I'm not going to just, like, do these weird ego metrics of being like, oh, but I feel sad about it. Like, everyone else is. Everyone's just mm -hmm. posting on social media. And posting, like, raising awareness totally helps. Mm -hmm. But donate to someone who's pouring water on the Amazon or I don't know what they're doing to stop it, you know, like, I mean, like, or go join the Peace Corps or something or start up a start up a startup. I'm going to say it on the show. I don't want to say the show, the big idea of how to stop climate change. I'll, I'll put it on the show tomorrow because it's going to be like a climate change based episode. We just have 40 minutes. Do you want to call it? I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I'm enjoying myself. Cool. If you're. Uh, yeah, let's roll. Well, here's the thing. So a lot of people are like, one to two hour talks are too long for like some car rides. So I want to have shorter and longer talks, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Let's call it. Let's call it. This is going to be right at 40. Right. And say bird up. Bird up. Love you, Eric Andre. Bye.